0: Hello, welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. Welcome back to another episode. To find out more about me, visit my website, exploreyourspirit.com. On there, you'll find my books, my online classes, uh, my blog, more podcasts, and information about private sessions with me and live. Studies as well as um, study at your own pace there with the courses. Also have a free newsletter, so sign up for that so we can stay in touch. Today, I want to talk about plants and trees. Really the consciousness of plants and trees. Sometimes as humans, we get so wrapped up in ourselves and we kind of think that we're it. And we are aware of things around us. And we've heard the earth is a, a living conscious planet, Gaia. We've heard that everything has a consciousness. If you've studied in wisdom teachings, you've heard about the soul and how it works. The higher part of the soul being up on the other side, the part that comes through into you uh, each lifetime and you've heard about something called group souls which is kind of an oversoul that helps a certain group and it said that animals have group souls like this so take a certain animal like the wolf there's an oversoul and that oversoul holds the characteristics of a wolf that all wolves connect with and it tells them kind of how to be a wolf (laughs) what's that they're born so even if they're kind of um, abandoned in some way they'll still have certain traits and characteristics and know what to do mostly because of the sober soul that kind of guides them and it's said that you know each type of animal has a group soul and so many people talk about this and talk about the animals and it leads to a lot of people becoming vegetarian uh, because they start to understand the consciousness of animals. So with that in mind, I want to talk about plants and trees and I think vegetarians should know this as well. I've had conversations with vegetarians and vegans and uh, those in between some that only eat seafood, but not meat or fowl and explain that plants can feel and connect and contact each other and are sentient and communicate just like animals do and sometimes even more interestingly. So I'll ask sometimes when someone's um, a vegetarian, but they eat fish. I'll ask them if you're, if you're not just doing it for a health reason and you're doing it because of the consciousness that you understand with animals, how do you uh, feel okay doing this with with fish? And they'll say, oh, I don't think fish and uh, shrimp and other seafood feel the same way consciously they don't have any proof of that the the only thing really they're going by mostly is they feel a connection with the other animals and there's not the same type of communication or connection with a shrimp or a fish but if you spend time with a lot of fish and sea life you see that there is. If you were to ask that same person, would you eat a dolphin? They would be horrified that you said that. But they'll eat a tuna that's relatively the same size. And the difference is the dolphin has evolved to become more interactive with humanity. So there's a connection there. And so it seems wrong. Yet the tuna that's pretty much the same size uh and all it seems to be not a problem and part of it's because these fish don't make noises so you're not hearing that communication their eyes on the fish aren't the same so you're not looking into their big brown doe eyes and feeling a sense of sympathy so it for some people it can feel different now i'm not saying this to upset vegetarians everyone should do what feels right for them these are just questions that I bring up to think about consider when uh you know when you're looking at these things because everything has a consciousness and it's just a level of understanding it so there's a joke that says um there's a guy and he's talking to another guy and he says oh are you a vegetarian? And the guy's like, yes, I am. And he says, Oh, you must really love animals. And he says, no, I really hate plants. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's an old joke, but it's talking about, um, you know, going into that, that there is a consciousness with everything. Now scientists have studied this a lot. There were some studies back at university of Chicago where they would put plants in laboratories and, they would um, take a flame and they would burn the leaves on a plant. And they had it hooked up to machines, kind of like an EKG type thing where you could see if there's any reaction. And the plant reaction that was very minimal was the, the arrow, the line that goes up and down was going giant up and down like there was an earthquake, you know, in comparison. And the plant was in its own way reacting to the pain of being burned so they began to study this further and the next level they took it was they put these plants in the laboratory and they held the flame up near the plants they didn't burn them but they held up the same flame and the plants started to react the same way with super high marks on the on the i don't know what the device is called there that they did but but like an EKG that's recording it super high up and down again like earthquakes happening and it was the plants feeling fear they recognized the flame and what the flame could do and that it could burn and they weren't being burned but they were sending out a conscious energy that could be detected through these machines showing their fear of being burned and they went on to do other tests with music they had separate laboratories, and they exposed one group of plants to music uh, that probably people would call it death metal, very, you know, hard rock, kind of low vibration music. And then in the other laboratory, they had classical music. And there was an extreme difference in how well the plants grew, how fast they blossomed, uh, their general health, you know, uh, and texture, and how they looked. And, you know, it was extremely noticeable difference. And the plants that listened to the classical mu- music really thrived. And the ones listening to the death metal type of music did really poorly. Everything else was the same. What was given to them, how they were fed, watered, light—all everything else, you know, was kept the same as they continue to study this with the music and the fire, um, they then tested with having people talk to the plants. So again, two different laboratories or sorry, on this one, they had three. and in the first one, they had people that would come in, they would speak very lovingly and kind to the plants. They would often name the plants. They would chat with them. They would, tell them nice things you're beautiful you're growing so well i'm so proud of you you're amazing what a beautiful plant you are and just very loving people speaking very nice and the other laboratory they had people who went in there watered the plants did the same care but didn't speak a word to them didn't didn't acknowledge them as a plant except to just you know put water in their pot stuff like that and in the third lab they had people who spoke very angry to the plants, and said, "You know, you're, you're ugly, you're worthless. I don't even like you. You'll never grow into anything worthwhile." Just saying very angry, toxic things to the plant, and so they they marked it all and watched it all over the course of the study, and again, a huge difference between uh, the the plants that were spoken well to, versus The biggest difference was versus the ones that had the angry negative comments given to them. And then in the middle were the ones that were kind of ignored but cared for. So big difference between positive and the the neutral. But huge difference between where they were spoken to and given attention in one way or the other, positive or negative. So it's been studies for a long time. And then scientists went on to, there's a book, I'm trying to remember, I think it's called The Secret Life. Of trees and it talks about how trees network and connect with each other and some of you probably know this like aspen trees how they network but all trees communicate with each other and they send off a sense they send off energy they find ways to connect through their root system and uh to let each other know what's going on they can change their scent and emit a sense when they have a predator. So if there's a a bug of some type or an animal that, you know, is chewing on them, gnawing on them, they can change their scent and to try to make it taste bad or um, the scent to come off of their leaves that smell, it'll smell different than it did. So it's not as inviting or attractive and as they emit this scent, trying to put off their predators, as the wind blows through, trees that aren't even near, but are say downwind, they will pick up the scent and they are smart enough to recognize that the trees that they can't even see have changed their scent because of a predator. And so they begin to change their scent and also try to smell bad. So that as those predators migrate down their way, they won't chew on those trees and scientists are beginning to study this more and more about um how they change their flavor like that um you know when bugs and other things are trying to eat them so they've taken this even further and they put some plants and trees again in laboratories and they recorded the sound of what it sounds like when different pests are eating like the leaves on the trees or a plant they recorded a caterpillar they recorded um, uh, those little bugs, I forget what they're called now. Um oh my gosh. They really mess up like tomato plants and if you've ever gardened, you know what I'm talking about. These bugs, they're so hard to get rid of. And they will just jump on a tomato plant or anything and chew it up. I can't remember their names right now. Gosh who knows I used to try to spray everything on them when I was growing tomatoes. But um they they recorded the sounds of what all these different types of bugs sound like when they're chewing. And so they put these plants and trees in the laboratory and all they did was play the recording of the sounds that like sounded like these bugs eating and the plants reacted and they communicated with each other and kind of spread the message like, hey, this is happening. And to protect themselves, they started to change their scent and react and there weren't even any bugs there. They were just hearing the sound of what the chewing sounds like. Well, that's a higher level of consciousness. There's there's a lot of communication going on there. And trees especially communicate with each other and through their root systems, uh, in a lot of ways, you know, um, connect and communicate with each other. So some of you know the stories from the Druids. that the Druids really were connected to the trees and that old saying that you probably still do or might know someone that does when you say something and you really hope it's happening or uh, you want to be protective of it in some way you'll say it and then you say knock on wood and you'll see people take their knuckles and knock on their desk or a table anything that's wood and say knock on wood this will happen well this comes from the ancient druid times and the druids spoke to the tree spirits, the spirit that lived within each tree and believed them to be directly connected with the upper realms, the higher realms. And they would go and knock on the tree to awaken the tree spirit and then whisper what they wanted to communicate to be delivered to the other side. So they would knock on the wood and send their wishes, prayers, uh, requests, whatever it might be, up through that way. And so that is still... Continued on as a tradition from the Druids. When people knock on wood and send that, they're sending it through the energy. So you've got that energy in your home, whatever wood that you have, you still have the energy of the tree and the spirit of the tree and the consciousness in the wood. Many trees communicate and connect through the systems. Even when they're further away, they still manage to get messages to each other. The other thing that's so interesting is the roots are grounded deep for most trees. But there have been studies showing that trees can move. Now, they're they're obviously meant to be rooted in one place and don't go far. But they can move their roots and pull themselves a little bit in one direction or another over time. It's not quick, it's not Um, you know, a wide receiver in football, moving back and forth. But over time, if there's an inclination or a reason, uh, they have shown studies where trees will do that. So when um, I was working with my students in my mystery school years ago, I used to do a practice with them every year, talking about intention and positive thought and prayer in that sense, focused visualization and how it can interact with plants. So I would give them all seeds, and the seeds I used were called bachelor buttons, and it's because they're seeds that bloom really quickly. They don't take a long time, and when you're teaching people visualization and it's new to them, it's hard to get them to focus on something like that for a long period of time. So you want something pretty quickly that they could see a reaction to, and bachelor buttons can bloom pretty quickly. Like Uh, you know within a a week or two so if you plant them within a week or two you're going to have some sprouts coming out and the practice that we did is I was teaching them how to surround themselves with white light and build up the energy in their aura and make their energy stronger and then to use that to put that energy into something to make it um, have a positive effect so we would practice then I would give them the bachelor button seeds and we'd look at them once. And I think, I think it was seven to 10 days is when you were supposed to get, you know, see sprouts if you buried them. We would hold the package of the seeds in our hands and transmute our positive energy that we had built up within each of us and transmute that into the seeds, asking the seeds to fill the energy and to bloom quicker, faster, better, stronger. And so then each person uh, would go home with their seeds in their little pot. uh, and, And when they went home, they'd put some soil in. And then they would hold a quartz crystal, a small crystal in their hand, and put the same intention in the quartz crystal, which a clear quartz, you know, holds whatever energy you direct into it. Whatever you charge that crystal with is what it's going to emit. So they held the quartz in their hand, put in the same energy, for these seeds to grow quicker, faster, better, stronger. And then they planted that little quartz crystal in the little pot in the soil and added the seeds that they were given. So then for the next seven days, they were asked to put their hands over the pot each day and to focus on what they'd asked for, for the seeds to bloom and be strong and fast and come quickly. And so we would mark it every year, we would watch to see how long it would take. And most of my students, the, well, let me put it this way. The ones who really did the, the exercise, really focused their energy and were deliberate about it every day, putting the energy there, thinking about the seeds, willing them, you know, asking them, speaking nicely to them, please grow, bloom, I want to see you. Those who really put in the work, the majority of them really saw Something happened very quickly. And I'm talking about within two to three days where they would get stalks and blooms coming out. And so it's a really good way to practice that when you're learning about energy and trying to see that you can do something like that. Plants are very responsive. So years later, where I lived, my office uh, in my home had a big window in it that I loved to open. And my desk was there and I would write and look out the window and a little bit of a creek ran in our backyard and there was a river birch by it river birches love the water like that it wasn't a big creek it was the end of a runoff creek right there but this big river birch just loved it and the river birch was about the height of my window and was only on you know at the end there of my yard by the creek And every day I would feel this river birch, the energy. And when you really apply yourself consciously, you can feel the energy of anything, plants and trees, animals, uh, things that resonate energy. You're reading the aura of every living thing and feeling its energy. So if you study with me in aura school, you read my aura book, you know about that. You know what to do. And I started connecting with river birch and talking to it and thanking it and telling it how beautiful it was and how much I enjoyed seeing it every day. And just, I really love that tree. It was a beautiful tree and I expressed it every day. So one day as I opened my office window and I was looking at the tree, I felt energy from the tree emitting back to me. And sure, I know that sounds crazy. So (laughs) take it for what you will, but this is my story. And I could feel energy from the tree, like the tree was conscious of me and emitting back energy similar to what I had been sending to it. And so I began to feel that so strongly that I called my husband one day into my office and I said, look at my tree. I want to introduce you to my tree. I had named him. I said, he's a river birch. And, you know, we get along, we talk about a lot of things. And I said, you know, I just want you to know, um, I love this tree. And the tree loves me. And so, you know, he was very used to me and my, all my things. So, um, you know, he, he understood what I was saying. So over time, it felt like the tree was really connecting with me. And I, I felt like the branches were getting bigger and closer. And um, about about a year, about a year and a half later, we um, were having some plumbing problems. So we called out plumber to look at things and they traced the plumbing into the backyard and they found that um, there were some roots that had grown around the plumbing and that was, you know, causing um, the, the flow there, the problem. And so as they dug to figure out what it was, they found that the river birch and they could see where it had been before that the roots had actually moved and it was like the river birch was trying to come closer to the house and where it attached to the plumbing and and where the roots had wrapped around it was like it was they said it was almost like it was almost like their arms the roots were like arms trying to pull the tree forward it was using the the pipes to try to pull itself forward and where that was was moving it directly closer to me so my husband came in and told me and he said you're going to have to break up your love affair with the river birch because he's trying to come to the house and he's affecting the plumbing. So I had to go talk to the tree and say, I you know, appreciate this so much, but the pl- we need this plumbing to work. And I know it's a funny story and think what you will, but um, I guess that's just the Druid in me from way back. I remember talking with trees and connecting with them and they're very sentient. They're very aware. The other part of trees that I've seen, because I see the aura of everything, so I've seen the aura of trees, is they have a real connection as above, so below. And so the aura of the tree reaches up into the higher realms. And from what I've seen in the Akashic Records and what I understand is the tree's are kind of record keepers. They watch and observe, and and they notice everything that happens in the world. And they communicate it with each other. Hey, what's going on here? They share, you know, it moves down the line. And there's a, a real container of wisdom that holds all the news, all the information, everything seen and unseen that goes on here in the earth plane. And the trees seem to have a connection with the Akashic records, where they deliver that information back up into the Akashic records. And it's record keeping, not just for humans, but for all living things on earth, as well as for the planet itself. They're uh, recording all of those things, and more than we'll probably understand, but they hold all of that energy and they're good for absorbing energy and holding on to it and uh, holding that frequency. So, this is why. And as you, some of you know, some of you know, I'm a wisdom teacher that I teach the ancient Egyptian wisdom teachings, esoteric teachings, like they're called, from ancient Greece and Egypt and other places. Some of you know me as an author of the books I've written, How to Be Psychic, How to. Uh, see auras, other books like that. Some of you know me, the courses I teach, or maybe some of me from the podcast. And some of you know, I also do interior design. And it's intuitive interior design where I connect with your aura and the energy of the house and help you with the right design and decor and colors to make the house really resonate with you in mind, body, and spirit. So understanding this about trees, plants um, and how they absorb and hold that frequency. I talked to my clients in interior design about the wood they have in their home and especially with the antiques because a lot of antiques are made of wood and so they have absorbed the energy of wherever they have been living for the past 1500, 200 years. If it was a, a good place or not, if there was a lot of you know energy that was being directed, Uh, One way or another, the wood itself emits that energy and holds and stores that energy. So you want to be careful when you bring that wood into your home. uh, Because depending on what happened on that wood will then be reflected in your home. A lot of people are into reclaimed wood and things like that from old barns and other buildings. Well, if that old barn was used for something else, if it had bad things happening in there, it's going to be resonating in that wood. And that's going to be then reflected in your home. So it's good to know the history of your wood and where it came from and you know what type of place it was in, whether it's a piece of furniture as an antique or the reclaimed wood itself. Because it is designed to hold that frequency into a minute. And once it's kind of in the wood, it's kind of stays there, almost sticky. It's, you know, some people will be like, oh, I'll just sage it, it'll be fine. That's not really how it works with wood because trees are meant to absorb and to hold the energy and deliver that information over to the other side. So it's not meant to be removed through sage or Other means like that, it's it's meant to kind of hold and always keep a record of that, whatever happened. That's deep, I know, going into interior design, but that's type of interior design I do, is what's right for your aura, your energy, um, and 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 within your home and what it's reflecting. Is your home a sacred temple for you? Is it a sanctuary? What do you have in it, and is it working for you, with colors, energy, the vibes? the whole thing. So I hope my intention with this podcast today is to get you to look differently at plants and trees and maybe really notice them again for the first time. And to maybe become more aware when you're out in the trees or plants to what you see or how you speak to them. Or if you have plants or you spend time in a garden in your home and your yard, try connecting and speaking Um, and loving on the plants and see how that works playing music you think they might like um, and trying your own experiments as to the beginning with vegetarian and what does that mean if they're conscious and sentient and they feel fear and pain just like every other conscious thing what does that mean when you're pulling the carrot out of the land by its roots you know is it feeling that well yes it's It's feeling that, being pulled from its roots. So I think when you look at the indigenous peoples all around this world and what they did, knowing that they had to eat to survive, where we are put here, where we have to ingest some type of food to survive. They did what uh, is kind of the circle of life here, which is for us to show gratitude for it, and to thank the spirit of the item that they were about to eat, whether it was a plant-based or animal-based. They thank the spirit for giving of itself and asked that, it, that energy from that food item to nourish and to heal and to give the best nutrients and, and to be a good source of everything that was needed, along with a healthy dose of gratitude and appreciation for having given itself in that way so you may want to consider that and think about that with the plants that you eat as well knowing that they have a consciousness just the same all right that's what i wanted to share today i hope you're doing well and i'll see you again soon